Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Thanks for joining us for On The Pace on this Thursday morning. Welcome to February. And of course, February each and every year signals the start of the Team Teal uh, fundraising period. It's become a super important part of harness racing all in all. You'll see all of the female drivers across Australia and New Zealand wearing the teal pants, of course, for ovarian and gynecological cancer research. And Tab will again come to the party this year, donating $200 every time a female harness racing driver wins with the teal pants. So you'll see the teal pants across Australia from this afternoon right through till the middle of March. And great see the harness racing industry get behind it once again last year close to $200,000 raised so looking towards a $250,000 tally this year and I'm sure uh, with the amount of female success particularly in the last few years that is a very achievable target we raced at Bathurst last night and a bit of a milestone moment for Bernie Hewitt bringing up his 1900th career training success so certainly on well and truly on the countdown towards 2000 and you would assume with the quality of stock that Bernie has around him that will likely come up in this calendar year so 1900 career training victories for Bernie Hewitt last night with the win of intrusion uh, and probably apt that it was for such great stable supporters in Wayne and Julie Loader. Tonight we head to Penrith. The first set gets underway at 6.10, just a smaller card of seven races. But of course, we're certainly looking ahead to Saturday night at Melton with their 10 race card featuring the Group 1 AG Hunter Cup alongside the Great Southern Star Series with the two heats staged earlier on in the evening before that Group 1 final takes place later on in the same night. Yes, those horses, those trotters will have two runs in the the night headlined by uh, superstar Just Believe. In terms of Saturday evening, they are available for all nine races currently confirmed with Tab. Uh, race number six is the AG Hunter Cup, a dollar and forty cents for Leap to Fame, six dollars about catch a wave on the second line of betting. And then we're getting out to $10 about Don't Stop Dreaming. He's been a little easy, but all the rage leaked fame in saying that he's just been marginally easy. One thirty-five out to $1.40. One man who will be cheering home his charge in Saturday night's AG Hunter Cup is Clint Livingston. Of course, Clint Livingston is probably a name, or Livingstone is a name that you've seen a little bit more around uh, lately particularly on the ownership front in New South Wales. He had three winners on Saturday evening at Menangle, a treble there on the card as part of the Jason Grimson team. So I thought we'd get Clint on this morning to find out a little bit more about his journey in harness racing and his horses that will go around on Saturday night at Melton in both See Your Art and Lose Dream. Good morning, Clint. How are you? Not too bad, Brittany. How are you? Very well, thank you. This is a name we've seen a, a little bit more in the last six months or so, or so in the Hunter, uh, well, in the ownership ranks, I should say, and you're heading towards a Hunter Cup on Saturday night. So tell us about your uh, harness racing journey. Um, my harness racing journey started, obviously, my dad was training back about 10 years ago before my mum passed away. Um, and I basically got back into the harness racing um to try to get my father into the racing again to give him something to do um it all started off from one horse and you know i'm pretty sure that i'm i'm up to about 25 horses now i've got about seven in new zealand 
um, and the rest are situated um, in Queensland and uh, New South Wales. So that one horse, was it the amount of success that you achieved with that one horse that has expanded things or was it always a, a plan to sort of uh, grow your stable, so to speak? Um, no, I originally, I I started off with horses and I wasn't really interested in the lifestyle, to be honest. Um, so I got out and got a real job and left my brother to uh, pick up the pieces so my dad could uh, keep at least one of his children in the harness racing. Um, but the first horse that I bought um, actually broke down about, I think things about a month later. Um, so it was a bit of a disheartening um, scenario, but I was actually, um, within that month, I actually purchased about another four or five horses. So if that was my first horse, I probably would have been out of the sport. Yeah, no doubt. Probably not the best of starts, but it sounds as though the other four or five that you picked up along the way clearly had some success. Yeah, definitely. Um, we had, so our first horse that we picked up, because they all happened in such a short time, we picked up um, Lou's Dream, uh, Hot and Treacherous. Um, they were the main first couple, and then we sort of got uh, Funny Face, and then it's basically just, yeah, gone on from there and bought a few young horses in New Zealand, and yeah, we're sort of moving forward this year. We've got a decent budget to spend on some horses, so we're just sort of looking for some decent ones. There's some pretty decent ones amongst them that you've just mentioned, and you've obviously looked to New Zealand and going horses to start off uh, your journey, so to speak, or your resurgence into the sport. So uh, New Zealand was, I guess, a, a crop of horses that you targeted? Um, yeah, it was one of those things that, you know, growing up, I always heard my father talking about, you know, bringing the horses over from New Zealand, and that just sort of seemed to be the only only process that I ever knew was to uh, basically get them from New Zealand because they always come over here with a better better chance of winning. Um, obviously, shipping them over costs a lot more, but, you know, you need to find one, a decent one to be able to pay itself back, of course. Uh, but so far, we've had pretty good luck. Yeah, no doubt about that, particularly on Saturday night. I wanted to touch on your three winners. You started off with Lou's Dream, so I'm sure that he's a horse that uh, you have quite a, a fond spot for, only a four-year-old, but uh, he was pretty impressive first up at Menangle there on Saturday night in quick time, and he heads to Melton this Saturday night for the four-year-old Bonanza, so he's a, a horse who's clearly going to race at a, a high level, but it must have been nice to see him back there. Yeah, definitely. He was definitely one of the horses that we first got that was young, that absolutely we we love to look forward to racing every week. I think he won about four or five straight uh, when he first came over uh, from New Zealand at Albion Park. Um, but he went off there in a three-year-old race we had at Redcliffe. He completely tailed out. We gave him a bit of a break, and yeah, now we're sort of we're just moving forward with him, and we've moved him down to to Jason, and he's doing an amazing job with him. Yeah, it was pretty impressive there on Saturday night, first up in good time, but it's certainly going to get harder for him in that four-year-old Bonanza, but clearly a, a good opinion surrounds him. I'll have a Bubbles is a mare who's just been on an absolute tear since arriving at Menangle. In fact, she's won by 16, 13 and 17 metres respectively. Has she surprised you? Um, not not really, Um with the surprise side of things, uh, when she came over from New Zealand, she won a couple of races and then 
she sat outside the leader uh, in Peekula Creek and she, they went 151 and she was sort of kicking back quite well to keep up with them. So, no, not really. She just needed a, you know, she just needed a trainer to ground her and, you know, get the platform right. And we knew she was going to be a good mare. And obviously Jason knew that as well because I did give him a choice of, you know, a few horses to take and, you know, he took a took a few of them and, yeah, he's, he knew he knew that she was a good horse. So, you know, we're just moving forward. And, yeah, no, we didn't really expect her to fail down there, to be honest. I see that in the ownership with you in I Love a Bubbles is Graham Rogerson, and he had her in New Zealand as well. Tell us about that relationship because that's not the only horse that you own in conjunction with Graham. He's a pretty successful uh, gentleman of the racing game, so not a bad person to link up with. Uh, no, Graham Rogerson, um, as everyone knows, he's a he's a character. He's a he's an amazing guy. Um, I tried to buy. I love a bubbles, um, and he did wanted to sell her, um, but we got to the got to the stage that obviously Graham knows what he's doing. He know how to sort of uh, how do I get you know push another horse on me, and he said I'll sell you half of I love a bubbles as long as you take Lieutenant. Um, and I said to him, I said oh, I don't really like that deal, and he goes, well, take Lieutenant as a lease, and I'll sell you half of I love a bubbles. I'm not going to sell you full. Um, so. I told Graham, I said, can you do the bloods on the horse uh, on Lieutenant? And if the bloods work out, you know, all right, I'll, I'll take him. And they weren't that good, the bloods. Uh, he did the bloods for me and we, we treated the horse and then basically sent him over and he sort of, Lieutenant's done well here. So I think it was a good, you know, bargain buy, I think, um, because both horses are doing well. But I've actually yeah. got about seven, I've got about seven young horses with Graham at the moment. Um, he's just well, prepping them. Yeah, he's uh, he's a gentleman that's done a great deal of uh, had a great deal of success across both codes in racing. And uh, so, did he pick those young horses out, or was it a a case of, of you sort of work together? And what's the opinion that he has around them? Is there one or two on the up? Yeah, definitely. There's there's about four of them that go well. Um, I went over for a week and a half to see Graham, just to have a bit of a holiday over there, um, and he. He had a, a half-brother to King of Swings, um, and he had a few other ones there that I really liked the breeding on, and I was like, well, he's got a good eye for breeding, and it's time to sort of get into the young horses because obviously, you know, you really can't buy the, the open-class horses, really. Um, so, yeah, that was the only way to sort of hopefully get, get some new blood coming through. Well, hopefully one or two of them turn out to do a really good job uh, with that combination that you've struck up. And lastly, on Saturday night, Mr. Robin Hood, he won again. He really hasn't run a bad race since coming across from New Zealand, only lightly raced, but he's another that looks uh, an up-and-comer who's probably still in a, a grade where he can win a few more races before it gets serious. Any horse that can go 151 is a pretty smart one. Yeah, definitely. Mr. Robin Hood... Um... I got that horse from Graham as well. There was actually a bit of an argument between uh, Graham and his wife about that horse, thinking that uh, Graham charged me too much for the horse, which I didn't think that he did. But, um, yeah, Debbie um, had a bit of an argument with Graham and said that he charged me too much. Um, but, you know, if a horse is going to do 151, um, definitely didn't charge me too much. He wasn't an expensive horse. Um, it was actually my wife that actually said she liked the horse and I didn't like the horse, but... Um, Obviously, it just shows that I know nothing.
<laughs> well, uh, it sounds as though you're in the wrong this time, but I'm sure that you're pretty happy to be in the wrong with how it's all turned out. So that was Saturday night. You also had Hot and Treacherous step out at the trials yesterday, which I'm sure that you're very excited about. He's a horse that when you purchased him, I'm sure that you had fairly high hopes for because he had a, a pretty special record. He's been in Australia for, for, what, about 12 months now. He won a few races in Queensland, contested an Inter-Dominion, but uh, he must have been pretty happy with that trial yesterday 151 and six beating a few really high quality horses so exciting times around this guy with the carnival just on on our doorstep yeah he's always that horse that me and my wife and the kids always like to turn up and you know and watch he's just he's got a he's got an awesome personality he'll sit there and play with you all night um while he's sitting there he's just yeah we we, we love to get involved and turn up to the races especially when he's racing um but yeah, he sort of started to drop off towards uh, towards the Inter Dominion and throughout the Inter Dominion. I, you know, his preparation coming up to that probably was lacking. But we're actually, you know, we're very happy that you know he's down in New South Wales now, and he's, um, yeah, we think that he's on the right preparation to have a good year. The Miracle Mile is a race that I'm sure that you'd love to be involved in. Is that his first major aim? I would suspect so. Um, at the end of the day, Jason knows exactly what he's doing with these horses and I don't get involved. The only time I send him a message is to really just um, tell him I paid a bill. That's basically it. Um, I leave it up to Jason. I don't get involved with the horses race. Um, I just trust his judgment. Well, off the back of that trial, it looks as though he's in for a great preparation, hot and treacherous, and uh, he's a, a very, very talented horse. Well, if that's the case and you don't get involved where horses go, you must have been pretty thrilled when you saw another of your horses see your art pop up in the nominations for a hunter cup it takes a a lifetime for many involved in the sport to have a horse good enough to contest these races so uh, for yourself i guess coming back into the game to have a horse in a, a race of this level on saturday night uh, must be fairly special it is fairly special like especially when my father says to me you know he's he really never had a horse in his lifetime of training to have, you know, horses in these types of races. So I sort of don't see the specialty in it, but as I've sort of been in it a little bit longer, I've sort of realised that it is it is a special thing to be able to race in these types of races. And, um, you know, Jason's given me the chance to, uh, you know, to be able to, um, you know, be a part of it as well. Will you be there on Saturday night? We're, we've got kids and they're pretty full on, so we're trying to find a babysitter, but when you've got full on kids, no one wants to babysit them, so we're, we're trying. We might be. It's uh, going to be a great race there on Saturday night. Leap to fame. You've seen him up close and personal. He's a, a champion, but your guy just keeps stepping up. He was great at Ballarat, and I guess one positive is that you've drawn inside Leap to fame, so that gives you an opportunity, but uh, what's your assessment of Sea Arts chances on Saturday night in that Hunter Cup? can't underestimate CR. He's, he's done amazing since we got him in New Zealand. Leap to Fame is obviously a freak. He's a very powerful horse and he can do a lot of work and still still come out on top, but we expect to be in the finish. Um, you know, I wouldn't be betting against CUR. 
Well, good push there. He hasn't missed a placing since uh, you took over the ownership. You're only great second on New Zealand Cup day behind Don't Stop Dreaming, who, of course, is considered a, a major threat to leap to fame on Saturday night. So he has all of the right form lines, and he's an, an up-and-comer on the way through, uh, drawn five in that AG Hunter Cup on Saturday evening. Really appreciate your time this morning, Clint. It's been great to learn a little bit more about your harness racing journey, and it sounds as though you're on a super ride as well in the team that you're building around you it's not over uh, just yet best of luck particularly there on saturday night thank you Brittany. clint livingstone joining us this morning here for on the pace so it's certainly a, a name that you would have seen a little more often uh, in the results i think he also has a, a couple of horses with team mccarthy so uh, all of a sudden he's a, a really major player when it comes to harness racing in australia and new zealand by the sounds of things and when you look at the uh, horses around him the likes of hot and treacherous and see your art i'll have a bubbles uh, he looks as though he's in for a really successful 2024 so He's a Queenslander, but he'll certainly be uh, flying that New South Wales flag pretty proudly on Saturday evening uh, with his New South Wales train runners in Lou's Dream and Sea Art at Melton. So that's certainly going to be a, a card of interest there on Saturday evening. But we do race at Menangle as well. We have the J.E. Binskin free-for-all. That's race number six on the card where South Coast Arden and Mac Da Vinci go head-to-head. A few other quite strong races on that docket of eight to look forward to. Today, Penrith. Tomorrow, a busy day in New South Wales harness racing with Leeton in the afternoon time slot with eight races and then Newcastle in their regular Friday night time slot. That's on the pace for this Thursday. Plenty more coming up across the weekend in terms of coverage of harness racing and Michael Gearham will be back tomorrow morning just after 10.30 to try and find you some winners.